welcome to I Love This Thing So Fricking Much, a podcast about passion. My name is Sophie Katz, and today I am joined by Steph, a former gifted kid, nostalgic for the 90s. Welcome to the show, Steph. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. So here's how this works. Steph will have three minutes to talk about something that she loves. This can be a person, place, thing, concept, activity, anything she wants. Our only requirement is that she loves it wholeheartedly and wants to tell us why. Are you ready, Steph? I'm ready. Good. Got my timer here. Now, what do you love so freaking much? I love Nancy Drew computer games. I discovered them as a kid. I It's hard to tell what came first, the computer game or the books, because Nancy is so intertwined in like my personality now. But if you can picture it, 1998 Scholastic Book Fair. I know we've all been there. We've all can probably remember the smell, the feeling of discovering a new book or item at the book fair. And I, for some reason, found myself looking at computer games at the book fair. And I found a Nancy Drew computer game. And it was like a two for one computer game. Um, one, One of them was Message in a Haunted Mansion and the other one was Treasure and Royal Tower. And I bought it. I was like, this seems neat. Let's do it. And that started an obsession from the age of like six to where I am now at the age of 28, where I have played every single Nancy Drew game more than once. And I love them because number one, I think as a kid, I love them so much because it was a female protagonist, which I didn't see a lot of growing up as a kid. Like I was definitely a Harry Potter kid. And so like Harry is the main protagonist. And then all of a sudden I'm plopped in the story of Nancy and being Nancy and figuring out a mystery. And not only was Nancy like aesthetically beautiful, I guess, in like the description of her, but like she was smart. She was active. She was daring and courageous. And like, I got to step foot in the story. And I also like got to use my brain a lot too. Like, yes, it's a female lead. Yes, it's a mystery, but like you also had to solve puzzles. You had to figure out how to not die. Nancy dies a lot in the games um, if you don't know what you're doing or how to play or if you make a mistake. Um, And then they also had like mini games that you could play. So if you didn't know the next step in the big mystery, there was always like a mini game that you could do um, or like a side quest that you can kind of do if you once I got through the games and I understood what was happening. Um, They also had like Easter eggs in there as well that they would like kind of bring throughout the game. So like funny hidden things that if you played all the games, you sort of got this running joke, which once I got like five or six games in, I was, I of course like loved it. And then like, I also played like with all of my friends as a kid as well. Like all of my solid friends that I'm still friends with today, we all would like sit around a computer on a rainy day and play Nancy Drew games. And to this day, I still play Nancy Drew games and I still, even though I've played the game several times, get stuck on the puzzles. Like that's how like timeless the games are themselves. Go ahead and finish your thought. Is that um, I, as a 28 year old, I am still playing them and I'm still getting stuck and using my brain as same as when I was eight. So it's just, it's just a fun time. That's awesome. Thank you for telling us about the Nancy Drew computer games today. Thanks. It was super fun. I think I want to start by asking about actually where you left off your talk there about playing it as a six-year-old versus playing it as a 28-year-old. Because what I'm thinking about, you know, designing puzzles, designing games, 
and thinking about a six-year-old's brain is very different from a 28-year-old's brain. So is, is it the same experience uh, from, one, from one age group to the next, or is there any notable differences? I mean, it's a little bit different. Like I was definitely somewhere between six and eight when I first discovered them. And it's different, but like the game that it is, is so solid because it's just like a click and point game. It's not anything super complicated. They didn't like overcomplicate it when they made the game. Mm -hmm. And like as a kid, I definitely was like rushing through things. And I was definitely like, I wanting to get like the main story done because that's what I was playing for. But as an adult, now that I have them and like, you know, no one can tell you what you can and cannot do as an adult. And I can like (laughs) go to bed whenever I want, you know? I can sit there and I can play some of the mini games like over and over and over again. That's one of the things I wish that they would do, which it's very sad. If you go on Her Interactive or if you research Her Interactive, like I don't think there's going to be any more games. And the game, the last game that they released was Midnight in Salem. And it was a very big disappointment because oh. yeah, it was really bad. They, um, they sort of revamped how they did the games and it became more of like an open world kind of game. But like Nancy, the the games themselves, they were click and point. You didn't have to be a gamer to play them. You didn't have to have like a crazy computer or crazy setup to play the game. But they started going in the direction where like you kind of had to have like a really high like hard drive and you had to have a gamer setup. And that's just not the audience that they're catering to, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think there's going to be any more games. But as an adult, like I wish that they would do like mobile games or something on the phone of all the mini games. Because I could just sit there and play all the mini games for hours. Can you tell us an example of one of those mini games that you love? Yeah. So in one of the games, um, and it's cool because they're kind of, some of them are educational. So for example, in the in one of the mini games, it's a game called Scopa. And it's an Italian card game. That card game does exist. Like it is real. It is an Italian card game. You can like go on Amazon and buy Scopa, like a set to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game is set in Italy. And to play Scopa is part of the main storyline, not to get too much into it, but it's like an art thief and you're undercover and you're trying to talk to the art thief to figure out what next art piece is going to be taken. And he doesn't want to trust you unless you can beat him in a game of Scopa. And so you have to beat him, but that mini game will like stay throughout the game. So you can like go and talk to that character and he'll be like, hi, or like Samantha Quick, which is her alias do you want to play a game of Scopa? And you can say yes. And you can just continue to play Scopa for hours if that's what you want to do in the game. (laughs) I mean, it won't further the plot, but you can do it. No, it sounds like there's a lot of different things to do. Like if you're more focused on the adventure or more focused on the puzzles or the mini games, there's lots of options. And it's still a simple click and point game. It's not going to be like as dramatic as like the open world games that have like side quests and stuff, but it's just, and there's still conversation, like there's a conversation piece as well with Nancy and her friends and you can call and get like hints and things like that, which I enjoyed because once I, I, again, I don't know if I got into the books first or the games first, like it's all a blur, but like I collect Nancy Drew books now and I've read all 150 of the Nancy Drew files when I was a kid. And so it was nice to see the dynamic of the characters um, within the game as well. So the friends in the game are her friends from the books? Yes. Yes. Nancy's two best friends, 
in most of the books are best Marvin and George Fane. And they're usually like a phone call character where you can like call them on the phone. Or sometimes in some of the games, they're like an actual person and you can, they're like there with you in wherever you are. And then like, you can talk to Ned um, Nickerson, which is like her like longtime like study boyfriend or whatever from some of the books. Mm -hmm. And then in some of the later games, you actually got to interact with Frank and Joe Hardy, which are my favorites. They're not my favorite games, but they're like, my favorite characters for Nancy to interact with because I used to read a, there's like a super mystery series where Frank, Nancy and Joe exist in the same universe and they like know each other. Mm -hmm. So I always enjoyed when they were like in the games because those are my favorite book series to read. So yeah, it sounds like if, of course you could just pick up a game and play it just for the sake of playing this one game, but it also kind of rewards you for knowing and being familiar with the world and enjoying the world. It gives you more tidbits to enjoy. Exactly. And like, because they're basically kids games, I mean, they're rated for everyone, but they're kids games. I like learned a lot in the games too. A lot of the mini games are like, quote unquote, educational. So when I was a kid, I learned a lot about like whales in one of the games because we were on an island and the main story was about a whale or in another game, the it was that a museum. And so I learned about uh, like Mayan culture because it was like a Mayan museum. And like, so on and so forth. So like, there are things that I remember from the game or certain games that I'm like, oh yeah, I totally remember that from Nancy Drew. Like, I just have random facts in my brain that I'll just be like, oh yep, I I get that. I know know what that looks like or how to count to five in Mayan because of Nancy Drew. Well, you never know when that skill is going to come in handy. Exactly. (laughs) So you mentioned a couple games that weren't necessarily your favorites or that you outright didn't like. Does, Does any Nancy Drew computer game stand out as your absolute favorite? My first one, like my comfort game is Danger on Deception Island. That sounds dramatic. Yes, it is. Um, The plot of that one is you're in, I think it's like Maine. You're in like New England and you're visiting one of George's friends and her ship gets ransacked. And there's a whale that is like in the harbor that keeps popping up and nobody like knows kind of why this whale is here or what's happening and it's kind of dividing the town because nancy's friend like wants to you know rehabilitate the whale other people just want to use it for like like whale watching and stuff and so you kind of the whole point of the mystery is to try and figure out why did someone ransack this person's ship and then it kind of takes you on this like rabbit hole of like finding messages in bottles and like getting communication with somebody who's kind of from the outside, like seeing everything. Like they're like a townie that like left and they're communicating with you through bottles and you're learning about whales and um, you find like secret passageways in like the cafe or whatever. It's, it's super cool, super fun. I just, the whole overarching story of that one is really like well-connected. Like everything to me makes perfect sense. A lot of the Nancy Drew games are also like scary. Like they have like jump scares. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones is the second one that I was thinking of is uh, Blackmore Manor. That one, you're called to England to Blackmore Manor because want your ha- Hannah is Nancy's housekeeper. Her friend got married to this guy who has this castle and she all of a sudden, like after the wedding, like doesn't want to see anybody, is feeling sick, lethargic. And Nancy's called in to like try and help her. The premise is that this person thinks that she's being turned into a werewolf or that she, 
yeah, that she thinks that she's cursed because of Blackmore Manor. It's called the curse of Blackmore Manor. So she thinks she's cursed because of it. And you have to figure out what's happening. And you kind of learn all these secrets about the castle. And they have this whole elaborate backstory of like the Pendolins who live in the castle. And they have like generations of Pendolins that have lived in the castle and what they did. And they have their coat of arms. And so like, not that's like all fiction, obviously. Um, But it's just cool to see like the world development that they have for like a small game. Yeah. It sounds really thought provoking and eerie and like something you could devote hours and hours of time and fun to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Steph, thank you so much for telling us about something you love today. Thank you for inviting me. It was super fun to talk to someone about it. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. If you would like to learn more about the Nancy Drew computer games, you can find a link to the Her Interactive website in the episode description. And don't forget to use the hashtag LoveThisThingCast to tell us about the things you love. I Love This Thing So Freaking Much is a production of Through the Window Media. This episode was directed and edited by Sophie A. Katz. You can find us at Through the Window on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr. That is T-H-R-O-U, The Window, at all the social media sites. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and you'll hear from us again soon.